Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is the Neighborhood Watch. There will be no Pac-12 TV deal before their media day on Friday. What does that mean for the league? What really is going on? I'll share my thoughts on that. This is Crystal Ball College Football, part of the 365 Sports Network. Once again, show's called Neighborhood Watch. Channel is Crystal Ball. The network is 365. I'm your host, Josh Neighbors. At NWPod365 of the show on Twitter, at Josh Neighbors underscore for yours truly. Please subscribe to the channel. We are trying to get to, I want to get this thing to 12,000 on the channel before we get to the start of next uh, the start of the season here coming up. So please subscribe to the channel, like the videos. That's what will help get this thing out further. And also then get us more subscribers, leave comments too. Please leave your questions mailbag coming up later in the week. All right. So we got some news today uh, that there won't be any news. And there's a variety of outlets that have written articles about this. I believe Ross Dellinger at Yahoo had it first and uh, congratulations to Ross. He's now at Yahoo moving on from sports illustrated. But um, and we also got an article from Stuart Mandel and Max Olson, who have been working together over at The Athletic. That's the one I, I kind of want to read from because there's some uh, piece there. It's big. But the Pac-12 won't announce new deal this week with more bidders engaged per a source. So the Pac-12's long delayed media rights will not be announced at Friday's football media day, a conference source told The Athletic, in part because of recent developments in the negotiations. We've seen folks come to the table that were not at the table six months ago, the person said. The patience that the presidents and chancellors are showing is paying off because waiting is going to result in better deals than the league would have gotten three, six, nine months ago. The person said there remains no specific timetable for an announcement beyond, quote unquote, the near future. It's now nearly been a full year since Commissioner George Klyavkov announced the Pac-12's 2022 Football Media Day that the league had initiated discussions for a new media rights deal to begin with the 2024 football season when the league's current deal expires with ESPN, Fox, and the Pac-12 networks. Uh, he said that the time process, quote, will likely take months to complete, end quote. Over the past five months, several league presidents and ADs have made public comments indicating an imminent timeline for a new deal none of which have come to pass. The longer the talks have dragged on, the more speculation has swirled that schools like Colorado and Arizona, uh, known targets of the Big 12, might defect. And then obviously Presidents Robert Robbins from Arizona and then Colorado Chancellor Phil DiStefano have indicated their schools won't make any decisions until they know the details of the Pac-12's next deal. The Big 12 deal is $31.7 million per school annually. Uh, and there's a quote there about, you know, what's been going on, the Big 12 being aggressive. Uh, Klyavkov has not commented publicly since last December. He's scheduled to take questions from the media on Friday in Las Vegas. The topic threatens to overshadow appearances by on-field stars like Heisman winner Killa Williams, Washington quarterback Michael Penix Jr., and Oregon quarterback Bo Nix. Well, it should be the storyline, right? Because this is not just about one year, and the Pac-12 might have a really good year. They've got a lot of good quarterbacks, a lot of returning talent all over the board, but this is going to overshadow it. Uh, it's 100% truthful about this. Nobody's going to care 
about what some of these guys say unless somebody says something absolutely outrageous. This media day, it feels like, is going to be all about, uh, you know, it's going to be all about what happens with the media deal. So here's my read on this. I tweeted this out, and I'm going to say it here. The general consensus, and this is just, this is not just me. This is other folks as well. Impact 12 people, big 12 people. The general consensus kind of leading up to this month or leading up, you know, just kind of ongoing was if they don't have something by media days, then they are going to be in some trouble. Um, I remember when I moved out to Arkansas, so that was late February when I moved out here. I was still working for Sirius XM, finishing up with Big 12 Radio, and Adam Rittenberg had said, if something doesn't happen in the next six weeks, they're going to be in some trouble. Well, six weeks has more than come and gone. Uh, that was late February, and I'll be, even be generous, maybe even early March, but at, that's at best, right? We're now mid-July. Um, and there is a chance that that uh, new players have emerged, right? Because the media landscape is changing. I've referenced this a lot as it pertains to the Big 12 Conference. The media landscape has been actively changing now for some time. And because of that, because of those active changes, you know, you never know what you're going to get. That's why the Big 12 looks as good as they do for jumping the line, the term that everybody has been using. Uh, you know, I, I love to give Brett Yormark credit, but I actually don't think it's all just him. They took a solid deal that they could get with two big partners. They got it. And I think that forward thinking looks good because you don't know what's going to happen. And it does look good now because you don't know what's going to happen, right? ESPN's laying people off. Fox is somewhat satisfied, I think, with their Big Ten deal. NBC is involved with the, with obviously, they've got their Notre Dame and they've got their Big Ten. CBS loses uh, the SEC, but they've got now a couple smaller conferences. And obviously, they've got themselves in with the Big Ten as well. ACC is with ESPN. You know, there's some sub-licensing happening with the CW and then also you know, the SEC exclusively with the people at Disney, ABC, and ESPN, right? So the big partners are kind of satisfied. Amazon and Apple, obviously known as potential targets. CW, obviously, uh, you know, we've heard about them. NBC Universal could be involved. They want more action, kind of full day slate. But, you know, so, so it is possible. It is possible other partners are involved. Um, but here is the issue with that, is that they have been telling us for a long time now that, you know, that a deal is imminent, right? We've heard about imminent. Uh, the, the, all the schools came out in February and said, we are nearing the conclusion. And once again, guys, this is July, the seventh month of the year. February is the second month of the year. So five months is nearly half of a year. In my mind, imminent is not half of a year. Klyavkov said in the beginning, several months to take care of. Some deadlines were set. They've just missed a lot. So I'm not saying this could not be the case, but I think we have to, you know, this, this is where I tell you all, like, I don't have any inside sourcing, but I think if we use kind of the context clues and this situation as it's played off, we have to give credence to solid reporting from Stuart Mandel. And I will call it that because I, I think he is a good reporter. Um, once again, his opinions were wrong about where the Big 12 would land, but I feel like his reporting, you know, I, I, feel, I feel like, you know, he understands sourcing. There's a reason why he and Max both collaborate on these articles because Max is more Pac-12 based. Stewart is more, uh, he's more Big 12 based. Stewart is more Pac-12 based. They kind of collaborate to make these pieces. So, you know, you understand why they do that, but Stewart is solid. I think we should trust him. Um, you know, but this is why he says source, right? And we've heard Big 12 sources saying, hey, you know, they're the push for Colorado, all that kind of stuff. Like we have to be thinking about why they would put this out there. And I'll tell you all why here. Once again, 
we thought the deal should be happening by media days. Even John Wilner a while ago had said it would be catastrophic if it was not done by media days. It also could be possible that new folks are involved in this situation, but the Pac-12 people have not always been the most reliable. But if they want to fight that narrative that, th that something should have been done by media days, what would you do? Well, tell people that the delay has been because, because of a positive development. Tell people that you are now being more delayed because new folks have showed up and there is more promise. That's not, you know, you might call it a lie. You can if you want to. That's honestly somewhat decent business. Here's the problem, though, is that people in the Pac-12 circles have been generally unreliable when it comes to we're close to getting it done, a deal is going to happen, it's about to go down. That is the problem for them, is that they have not been reliable. If they've been quiet, and if the Pac-12 people have been quiet, and they come out and they say something like this, well, we haven't heard from them, they haven't missed, so maybe it's bad that a deal hasn't happened yet, but they haven't said much, and maybe we can trust this. But that's not been the case. And eminence been the word that's been used. And uh, we are aligned together, you know, wanting to be together has been what's been said, but behind closed doors, we know conversations between some schools and the Big 12 have taken place. So you have to mix in the st those statements, their accuracy and proven accuracy with the actual timeline. You know, we have to mix that stuff together and think about, okay, why would, why would the Pac-12 have a source going out and say this, right? The news comes out, well, you're not going to have a, de uh, a deal done by a date where a lot of folks thought you needed to have a deal done. So what do you do? Say, hey, we don't have one done because the facts have changed, that the players involved have changed, and the patience that everybody has shown is paying off. I understand that. That actually that, that makes a lot of sense to me. I think it would be a sound strategy. But the problem is we have not been able to trust these folks accurately with, with their accuracy about when these things are coming down. Once again, it does not mean that it's untrue, but I feel pretty confident in saying that, mm, you know, here's, I'll give you an example of how this could be true, right? The CW just got their AC, some ACC games. Well, maybe they're thinking, hey, let's get more of a schedule together. You know, we've, we've got the ACC. Let's get some Pac-12 involved, right? So maybe Nexstar has made a play now. Maybe they're saying, okay, we can, we can form more of an actual schedule. This makes a bit more sense for us at this point in time now that we've got one piece. That is true. That could actually be something I could see happening. Uh, and so that is, that is a way in which, you know, I don't think this is some complete farce. But once again, to me, if you've been missing all these deadlines and, you know, we don't, kudos on them for staying together and trying to see this thing through to the end. I think a lot of folks have given George Klyavkov and company ample time to ink a deal to get something done. But we saw San Diego State's uh, situation kind of deteriorate and a lot of that is because if they could have made the exit and gone to the Pac-12, they would have. But that's just not was not possible. Now we're midway through July and we're facing the start of the season here in, in you know, about 40 days here. Still no deal. And that is that is that's got to be troublesome because now we're talking about recruiting classes and whatnot. And look, some of these kids want to play at these schools regardless. Oregon and Washington want to play at those schools regardless. Other schools, too. Hey, you want to stay home and play for those schools. But if you're Colorado and you're Arizona. It's actually the fact that they've, they've flirted with the Big 12 almost kind of hurts them a little bit, right? Because it's like, well, where are you all playing? Um, Oregon, Oregon State and Washington State, kind of, they kind of know, I guess, at this point in time. But you see what I'm saying here is like these schools need to tell their, and, and it's not just moving conferences, but it's, it's TV too. Like 
what channel can I watch my son play on? Right. Um, you know, where are you going to be traveling to? You know, hey, if it's a Texas kid, are you going to be playing multiple games in Texas? Or there are no Pac-12 members currently in the state of Texas. So I, you know, can I see my son play in Texas twice a year or even in Texas at all? Right. That is all things that go into recruiting a kid. Uh, and, and also knowing, you know, how much money you're going to have guaranteed from the TV contract too is big and visibility is big. All of these things are important and they are all undecided still. So once again, the patients could be paying off for these people. I agree with that. That is something that is very true. Uh, in reality, it could be paying. I'm not saying it's going to pay off. I'm saying in reality, it could be paying off. But also, if you're getting a report where the deal will not be done by a date that we've talked about it being done by, and Spencer McLaughlin said it, you know, John Canzano said I saw uh, Jason Shear made a note to, uh, or excuse me, John Wilner had said it. It made a note to John Wilner. Look, once again, I trust John Wilner too. He's been on this show. Um, I, I, I think that it's it would be safe to potentially posit that, hey, look, they know bad news is coming. Let's see if they can put a sweetener in there, right? This is not good news that a TV deal will not be announced. A sweetener is new people have showed up. I am wondering who gets pressed about this on Friday and how they do it. George Klyavkov is walking into a, I mean, it's friendly media, but I don't, I don't think it's going to, it might be a somewhat lion's den, right? Yeah, George Klyavkov's not walking in front of, you know, the most unfriendly confines, but I mean, these people cover their schools and there are some serious questions about the legitimacy of a television deal getting done. Also, I want to note something that Ross Dellinger had at the end of his piece about all of this. You can check it out on Yahoo Sports. He had one about this as well. At the very end, it says, if the Pac-12 does choose a streaming service as its primary broadcasting partner, the league is expected to require that streamer to sub-license marquee games on a linear service. This is really interesting to me for a couple reasons here, because if a streaming service gets a hold of certain games or gets a hold of games, isn't the point for that streamer to drive subscription numbers? And if big Pac-12 games, like here's the thing. So for me personally, as somebody who's a massive college football fan, let's just say if Peacock or Paramount Plus was going to have Pac-12 football, like I actually quit my, I sometimes don't do my Paramount Plus when Champions League is not happening for soccer because it's not on. But, you know, uh, if, if it's September and October and Champions League games really aren't ramping up yet, um, you know, but hey, Oregon and Washington's on on there, and Oregon State and Oregon versus Utah is on there, right? Big meaningful games. Well, I, I would consider hanging on to it, or Peacock for that matter. I would consider hanging on to it, and that's good because they're getting my money here. But the issue is like, okay, if I'm if I'm just there for the big games, you know, like me, I'm a uh, I'm a cover the Big Twelve. Obviously, I have to cover the SEC now for because uh, I live in Arkansas. I grew up in ACC country. Like the Pac-12 is where my lowest connection is. So if I can still get the national games on national TV, am I going to go out of my way to go pay Peacock or CBS, uh, you know, for Paramount Plus and give them my money? I don't think I would. I don't think a lot of you all would. So that's something to consider if like, if you're going to have to sub-license the games to somebody else. I mean, yeah, you were making some money off that, I guess. But like, do, are you worried about the fact that you'd be losing... 
you know, you're going to be losing streamers. And, and also, uh, you know, I was actually talking to Spencer McLaughlin. He said that Jim Williams had told him, you know, sub-licensing games is not always like a massive moneymaker. Like you just kind of do it because you, you know, ESPN might do it because they promised all of this content and it's like, all right, well, you know, we don't want to produce and staff all of it. So we'll sub-lease to Raycom, right? And, uh, you know, Raycom will produce all of those games. Raycom will put these games on. Uh, you know, it's not a massive, once again, not a massive moneymaker, but like, I think we have to, we have to acknowledge all of that, that if, you know, if you're sub-licensing big games and I can catch them on linear cable and I'm only kind of watching the big games, why am I going to go get my, go get Peacock to watch Pac-12 football? Why am I going to go get CBS Sports to watch it? Why am I going to go get Apple, Amazon Prime? Uh, and maybe you already have Prime members, so whatever. Uh, Apple TV, I am not a subscriber to Apple TV. Um, you know, like, I'll, I'll watch baseball games. I actually I have Peacock, so I'll watch Sunday morning game, but I'm not going out of my way to watch a Friday night game on there. So that's something to consider too that I thought was very interesting from Ross's piece. Make sure you all read all this, all the thoughts on this. I'll see when you know Gonzano has something out, and I think John Wilner should have something out here pretty soon as well. And I'd like to read that. But um I think it is obviously you know, for the Pac-12, this this needed to be a piece of news that they put into this, right? That hey. Um, you know, we can't say all the situation's been good, but we're waiting and we're having patience. And guess what? That patience is paying off. But it's hard to make that argument when what actually paid off in this entire sorry, my drivers went off. What actually paid off in this entire situation was the Big 12 jumping the line. So it's hard to see a deadline shorten, shorten, shorten on you, and you keep preaching the fact that patience is what's gonna pay off for you. And I'll, I'll tell you, folks, I will eat crow if that's the wrong case because I cover the Big 12 too, but like just using my brain and kind of, you know, deriving like the situation, like things have not gone the way the Pac-12 wanted it to. This is not all according to plan right now. So it's kind of, you know, and, and once again, I think a great read on this is the schools want to stay together, right? Colorado and Arizona are giving ample time to the, uh, the Pac-12 conference to keep this thing together. But also they have made, a, you know, they've made contact with the Big 12 and said, OK, this is also something that makes sense for us and said we have to see those numbers. And it sounds like the numbers aren't there all the way and they won't be for a bit because new players are involved and new players. And that's the case. You know, we have to see what happens. This would bump the deadline and bump things backwards we have to see what the components of streaming versus linear would look like. We have to see what the money would look like. We have to see the term, the length of the contract, what that would look like. All of this stuff then changes. And so if new players are all of a sudden involved, I think this thing gets, it's going to be, you know, it's going to take longer, but they're arguing, Hey, this taking longer might end up being better for us. It's tough to, it's tough to believe all of that. When you've missed deadlines, you're trying to hold this thing together. The conference is trying to be mum as possible. Um, And so once again, it's one source saying this, but I don't think they, they put this out for a reason. I think we have to all acknowledge that on the whole with this entire situation. All right, that'll do it for today's show. A Kansas season preview with Derek Johnson is coming up tomorrow. The Jayhawks had one of the most swagged out guys, Jalen Daniels at big 12 media days. We'll see if that swagger can carry over to the field and to results. Uh, We'll do that. Make sure you all subscribe to the channel. It is the neighborhood watch. You guys can find us wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube as well. Like the video and leave your comments for the mailbag coming up this week thank you all for the support and also thank you all for some of the nice uh messages my grandfather uh passed away a couple weeks ago had the funeral and i appreciate the you know the really nice messages 
you all sent. It was a very challenging week, obviously, being in Big 12 media days. Started the week in Arkansas, flew to Dallas, then flew to Virginia, and uh, I had to fly to New York to fly back to Arkansas. And so it's been a – really the last week has been a whirlwind. And so I do appreciate the, the kind messages from you all. Um, and I know some folks agree with me. So, you know, A lot of the time some folks disagree, but the messages that you all sent were very much appreciated. So thank you. All right, folks. Uh, we'll see you all tomorrow on the Neighborhood Watch.